Hey, what's going on, Black people? Welcome to DrBoysTV.com, the home for intelligent Black people. Today, we're going to talk about LeBron James, and uh, I saw this really interesting uh, story about LeBron, and uh, there is a Black cop, apparently, that wants to talk to LeBron James. So we're going to talk about LeBron, uh, talk about why the cop would like to talk to LeBron, and uh, we're going to break it all down from a Black perspective. So get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt, hit the thumbs up button. We're going to get started on DrBoysTV.com right now. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Uh, on this platform, we are black first. Uh, black first means that we believe the black community can solve its own problems. We also believe that we should solve our problems before we go saving everybody else. We also believe in building black wealth and black families and black communities. So if you agree with those things, <clears throat> please hit the thumbs up button and also type a hashtag B1 in the chat. Hashtag B1. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button, subscribe and all that good stuff so that we can get, get it cracking. So as I mentioned before, uh, DrBoysTV.com, it is for intelligent black people. So uh, if you're not intelligent, if you're not black and you, you don't have tolerance for uh, other ideas, then you may want to get the fuck out because uh, we are not here to uh, to pander or to uh, kowtow. Uh, we're not here to be mainstream. I could give. I give zero shits about being mainstream. Uh, we are the mainstream as far as I'm concerned. So uh, so there you go. You can take that and um, put it in your pipe and smoke it, as my grandma used to say. Now, with that said, um, welcome Valentino and Derek and Sheldon and uh, and Rob B and Shalinda and Atlanta's Black Wall Street. I see you. Um, let's talk about this topic that's in front of me now. Uh, LeBron James, uh, you, you know LeBron, King James, uh, a great guy, great activist, uh, awesome human being. I don't know LeBron, never met him. I know Chris Broussard very well. And Chris Broussard is a journalist uh, that you've probably seen on Fox Sports and stuff like that. And he's known LeBron since he was doing beats back in Ohio. And uh, and I, I asked uh, uh, Chris, I said, you know, what do you think about LeBron? I mean, what, what kind of guy is he? And Chris confirms that LeBron is a cool dude. And since I think Chris is a cool dude and Chris says LeBron is a cool dude, then I'm going to assume that LeBron is a cool dude. I have a lot of respect for LeBron James. I love the work that he's doing. And I like the way he changed the template of what it means to be a superstar athlete. He's not, um, you know, the Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant era, unfortunately, that bred a lot of uh, selfishness. Uh, you know, Kobe and, and Michael were just, I mean, Kobe past so i'm not gonna be mean or anything but but they were kind of this you know they they sort of um fed it they, they fed into an idea that said that to be an alpha male to be a leader you had to be a, an asshole you had to kind of be mean to people and dominate people and everything else and and uh and michael jordan was not known for being a kind person on any level or caring about anything other than himself for the most part and i don't know if that's true up close or not but that's the impression that people got LeBron kind of changed that narrative. Uh, LeBron was more of a team player. Uh, you can tell a lot about anybody who ever plays basketball. You ever notice how you can tell a lot about 
um, about a brother's personality, about how he plays basketball. Can anybody, can anybody, you know what I'm talking about? You can just tell. And so LeBron just comes off as a good guy. So uh, with that said, um, here, here's what uh, I want to get to on this. Um, and, uh, and and just so you know, uh, I, I'd i like to make sure I, I explain it in full context so you get what, what's, what's being said completely. Now, um, the deal is this. Uh, with LeBron's activism, uh, not everybody loves it all the time. Right now with Fox News, I think Fox News told him to shut up and dribble. I don't agree with that. Um, <clears throat> you know, I don't think he has to shut up and dribble. LeBron ain't got to do nothing for nobody. LeBron is he's he is King James. He's earned that title. He's uh, played. He's been a great athlete and a great hum- humanitarian, a little bit like a Muhammad Ali. You know, he's not afraid to jump in the fire and, and face controversy. And I respect him for that. Uh, but there was a little bit of an interesting development that took place with the uh, shooting of uh, Micaiah Bryant. I want to, I hope I say it right. Uh, her name is spelled M A apostrophe K H I A Bryant. And uh, she was a young girl. Um, I want to say 16. Uh, I don't think she's 15, uh, but tell me if I'm wrong. And, uh, and according to the video, she was about to stab another girl and she'd had the knife in a very aggressive position. And the officer pulled up and shot her. Now um, what I did was on my Instagram, which is the real Boyce Watkins. And I hope you'll follow me if you, but only follow me if you're intelligent and black, uh, but all the intelligent black people, I'd like for you to follow me because I want to get rid of the idiots. I want to block people and get rid of the dummies and hear from people that actually uh, don't necessarily have to agree with me. I don't care if you agree with me or not, but I kind of need people that want to think. Uh, I don't think critical thinking is encouraged in our community. I think that we're encouraged to kind of go along with the bandwagon. I'm not a fan of that. Uh, I'm not interested in bandwagons because bandwagons is how you got in this bullshit mess that you're in the first place. Bandwagons is how you ended up getting oppressed. Bandwagon is why you have no power in the world right now. Uh, bandwagons are why you have a community that celebrates and glorifies ignorance over intelligence. So uh, I'm not interested in bandwagons. And uh, but but if you are out of that category, I am at the real Boyce Watkins. And uh, one of the things I've noticed with the um, responses is that there were people who kind of took different sides of the spectrum. Uh, I saw people who felt that, um, you know, who felt that the, the, that the police were wrong and that, that that's all there is to it. And that, you know, that, that cops are, you know, that cops are always killing black people, that they're, they're pigs and everything else. And, and I don't disagree with that. I mean, I think that uh, police killings, if you know, if you check my record 25 years, even when I was in grad school and I wrote articles, I used to write articles about police uh, mistreatment of black people. I used to talk about the the Clinton Biden crime bill back in the nineties and how that was going to destroy black families. I talked about uh, people being beaten by the police uh, stopped unfairly. I, I've been talking about that for a long time. Uh, really before the world started talking about it, I was on that, but here's the thing though. Uh, sometimes people don't quite get it right. Um, sometimes people uh, get this weird white supremacist tunnel vision. I call it white supremacist tunnel vision because what happens is if you pay attention, a lot of people, the things that they talk about the most is nothing but a repeat of things that they've been hearing on white owned media outlets like CNN and MSNBC. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where, um, you know, the conversations in terms of what we're allowed to really discuss when it comes to black life and black lives matter and all that, it's really talking points we grab off TV. You know, and and so one of the things I, I kind of I have I'm hopeful that we can get away from is allowing other people to shape our conversations. You know, um, and 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 I you know when I see this th- conversation about police brutality, it's an important conversation. Police shootings are definitely an important issue, but one of the things I think is missing is a um, a balance uh, because police shootings are not the number one cause of death for Black people. It's not even the top 
probably not even top 15. Did y'all know that? Give me a yes or no if you know that the number of black people killed by police is almost completely minuscule compared to the number of black people dying from all the other things that are out there. Now, I'm not trying to say police are good. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not, I'm not here to say that they're bad, you're right, because cops are different. I know a lot of cops. I know bad cops. I know good cops. I know everything in between. Uh, but, but I think that this idea that somehow that the only way for you to really save your son's life is to protect him from a cop means that you're putting your son in danger because you're only protecting him from one thing. It's like it's like those people who will wear a COVID mask and, uh, and and will socially distance from people, but yet they'll go out and have unprotected sex in Atlanta where AIDS is everywhere, right? <laughs> like they'll, they'll go out. You'll literally go out. And, uh, and in fact, it reminds me of when I play Call of Duty. I play this game, Call of Duty. I t- I've told you guys about it. I started playing so I could get closer to my sons, but I've actually enjoyed it now. Now I play with a group of guys that are all in our 40s, and we have a blast. And one of the things I learned about that game is when you go into this, it's this thing called the war zone, and you go in with your gun, and you're trying to kill people. And uh, one of the things that, that, one of my, that my coach, his name is GMAC. That's his nickname. Uh, one of the things GMAC told me was he said, boys, if you go in with tunnel vision and you're only thinking about taking out that guy in front of you, then you're going to get shot because you got 10 other guys around you that are watching you focus on this one person. And, uh, and, and so because you're, you have too much tunnel vision, that's how you get killed. You have to always be aware of all your surroundings. You, you got to play chess, not checkers. You got to think about 10 moves at once. You can't think about one. Well, I think that's true for, for being black. One of the ways that black people die the most is they get you into tunnel vision. One of the ways that they take you out is they get you focusing on one issue when really there's like 10 things that are happening all at once. They get you so focused on one thing that they can they can do eight other things to you and you won't even know what's going on because you're focused on that one thing. So with police shootings, I think that it's kind of gotten to the point where we talk about the one thing. The only black people whose death gets recognized in the community is somebody who's shot by a cop. When a little eight-year-old girl gets gets her brains blown out by a gangbanger, nobody says anything because we only talk about the guy who got shot by the cop. Uh, when uh, when there's some single mom out here that gets raped and beaten by somebody who's not a cop, uh, we don't talk about that because we're only talking about black people who got killed by the cop. When brothers, thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands of black people right now at this very moment are being beaten and raped in prison, we don't talk about that because we're only talking about that one guy who got shot by the cops. So you're ignoring the other 10,000 people who got killed because you're focused on the one. And the one that you focus on is given to you by media. Media gives you that. White media gives you that. If CNN and MSNBC was not talking about it, y'all wouldn't be talking about it either. That tells me that there's another level you got to climb to when it comes to really being free. Uh, and 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 so, so that takes us back to LeBron. Now, as we move forward, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. There's my Instagram, The Real Voice Watkins. I hope you'll follow me. We like to have intelligent conversations. You ain't got to agree with me. That's okay. I don't want you to. In fact, I want you to think for yourself. So uh, hit the thumbs up button. All right. So, so one of the things that's going on now is LeBron... In his, uh, you know, much appreciated, you know, really zealous activism, uh, he jumped out and made a tweet about the shooting of Makai Bryant. And uh, and LeBron, the, the tweet was wrong. It was it was incorrectly done. Uh, LeBron knew that it was ill-advised. And the reason I know that he agrees with me is because he took the tweet down. He deleted that tweet. Now, I'm sure there's an explanation like, oh, well, I didn't want to get it confused or I didn't want to, you know, I didn't I didn't want to distract from the issue. No, 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 bro. You 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 messed up. It's OK to mess up like we all mess up. Like I delete tweets. I'm like, damn, there's a typo. I need to take that. Or there's a factoid I got wrong. I need to take that down. When you delete it, you know, when you, 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 that means you're saying that there, there's something wrong with this. Right. If I if, because I, I'll tell you what, you can go back and find anything that I've said in the last 25 years. 
I will pretty much stand by every single thing I've ever said, even stuff that has evolved through time. I stand by every single thing that I've ever said. There's nothing you can put in front of me and say, boys, you said that. Are you are you going to apologize or retract? The only time I would apologize or retract is if I'm truly wrong, is if I say, damn, wow, I didn't know that. I fucked that up. Let me change that. Let me let me give you an updated statement based on my new perspective now, because now I'm 10 years older than I was when I made that statement. So so, so I think that um, that the ability to stand by what you said, if you really believe that makes sense uh, that which but, but some things that don't make sense are like um, when you had Damon John apologizing because he gave a compliment to Farrakhan. That was that was some sucker shit to me, because to me, if you think Farrakhan did a good job, then why does that change? Like you're deleting a tweet in favor of Farrakhan. Why? Well, because you now think he didn't do a good job, like you were just wrong. You were lying when you said that he thought he gave, gave a great speech. Or are you being a punk right now? Are, are you letting them punk you to the point where they're telling you, Negro, you can't even compliment Farrakhan. You compliment him, even acknowledge that Farrakhan does anything right, then, then we're going to take you down. Now, don't ask me, Melissa, what my point is. If you don't, if you don't get the point, if you can't handle the conversation, then you should probably leave. Okay, so don't don't do that. I don't. That's not that's not cool. Um, you either hear it or you don't want to hear it. It's okay either way. I just give zero shits, right? Okay, so I want you to understand that. Now, with that said, um, you know, going back to Farrakhan and 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 taking that leaping that over to LeBron, the fact that LeBron took the tweet down um, means that either he was pressured to take it down. Maybe he believed it and, and somebody said, hey, man, you got to take this down or you're going to lose your job or, or something bad is going to happen. You're going to lose some money. Right. Which I don't think that's the case. Or he just knew he was wrong. Right. That's why I use the Damon John tweet as an example. Either either Damon, either you were wrong about Farrakhan doing a good job. You meant to say he did a bad job or something. I don't know. Or you were lying about him doing a good job or somebody pressured you and said, you got to take this down because you're going to you're going to be you know, forced to pay a penalty for that. So when LeBron took that tweet down, I don't think that he, uh, I, I don't think he was forced per se in the sense of, uh, of, of, of anybody telling him that, that he's going to lose things, right? Because LeBron's worth half a billion dollars. I think LeBron's going to be okay regardless. I think that LeBron took the tweet down because I think even he knows that there was a problem with it, right? Uh, so basically what the tweet said was something, I think he posted a picture of a cop or something like that. And he said, you're next, Right. And uh, now a lot of people on the right are taking it as him say, him making a threat to the cop. Like, we're going to come get you. I don't think that was it. I don't think LeBron was saying, I'm going to come to your house and beat your ass or we're going to come kill you. I think LeBron was saying, you're the next person that will be prosecuted for killing a black person. There's nothing wrong with that statement. Um, the problem with the statement is that he didn't have all the information. Uh, the problem is that uh, he was reacting uh, to what had just happened uh, with uh, that, that, that guy that killed uh, George Floyd. And he was sort of jumping at the situation. I don't feel that he took the time to find out what went, what went down. I wonder if he saw all the videos uh, on, from the different angles in terms of what was happening. I don't really know if there was a consideration of the fact that, and I've seen a lot of you make this point, and I think it's a valid point. If you don't think it's a valid point, then I don't know, I don't know what to say to you. But, you know, there was, it did appear she was really trying to do significant harm to another little girl. So my question is, um, how do you justify this this idea that we're going to feel sorry for the perpetrator, but not feel sorry for the victim? Right. It, when both the perpetrator and the victim are black. Right. Sure. OK. Maybe there was another situation. Yeah. Maybe she was defending herself. 
But that was not what it looked like at that moment. It looked to me like if the cop had not done something, she would have gotten stabbed. She would have stabbed that girl. Now, maybe that goes to training, right? Maybe you talk about, okay, we should train cops to shoot people in the leg or tase them or do other things. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. A, and that's the other thing. This is why I think LeBron um, might want to consider taking this meeting with this cop. Uh, I don't have the cop's name in front of me. But basically, this cop is saying, I'd like to sit down and talk to you. His name's Joseph. Wait, sorry. His last name is Joseph. Um, you know, the cop basically said, look, man, you know, I'm a brother. You're a brother. You're not going to take my black card just because I got a day job and you you're in the NBA. You can't or just because, you you know, you're woke and you get the uh, freedom of wokenly tweeting whatever comes to mind to 10 million people, 100 million people. And I'm just a regular guy like like, no, I'm black just like you. And I care about the community just like you. So brother to brother, I'd like to sit down to you with you and at least make sure you're fully informed on what we go through as police officers. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, some people aren't going to like that. Some people won't like it. And the reason you won't like it, I know exactly why. You've been brainwashed pretty much. Media uh, has created extremes. It's created the same energy that was created during the Biggie Pop beef. They got Biggie and Pop both killed. East Coast, West Coast was when you get to the point where everybody is so committed to their side that they can't even hear the other side. You're so committed to the West side that you ain't trying to have no, no friends on the East side. And you're so committed to the East that it's like, fuck the West, right? They're not even human beings anymore. So to hell with them. Right. That's war. And that's fine. That's what happens when war occurs. People dehumanize one another. And it's like, I don't even want to hear what you have to say. There's nothing that can come out of your mouth that makes sense. There's nothing that can come out of your mouth that that is logical because because I don't agree with you. Right. And and that's something that is an energy that is uh, if, if that's your energy, you should take it away because this is not the platform for you, because the the the, the, the way this platform works is. I want you to uh, challenge yourself to do the hard thing. It's easy to go along with the bandwagon. The hard thing to do is to listen to the other side and say, I wonder if anything, if I can identify with anything that they're trying to say. Can I, before I start running my mouth and getting on my soapbox and giving my perspective about everything, because everybody feels like they're right. Can I take a moment and honor what you're trying to say to me with, without being condescending, without being an asshole, whatever? And I'm gonna tell y'all, uh, this is the number one reason why so many of y'all got bad, fucked up relationships. That's why a lot of y'all, a lot of y'all women can't keep a man. A lot of y'all men, in case they marry more than more than six months, right? It's because what happens is that you get to the point where you're in your relationship and your partner says something that doesn't make sense to you. Believe me, me and Alicia go through it all the time. She'll say something. I'll be like, that, 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 that's just dumb. I don't even, what are you talking about? Right. And what I learned, this is a little tip. This is a little tidbit from uncle Boyce. What I learned is that before you start running your mouth about how you know everything and how you're always right, take the time to listen and honor the perspective of the other party hear what they have to say. Make sure they're heard before you start making sure you're heard because it's not going to work any other way. So that's a tip for those of you that really want to have good relationships. But some of y'all just want to fuck a thousand people and live your whatever and pretend like you're looking for the one when, but you'll never find them because you're looking for somebody who's going to just submit to everything you say. And that just doesn't work. I'm just here to tell you that just point blank period. Now with that said, I think with LeBron, um, he needs to talk to that cop or talk to some cop. Uh, what I asked LeBron is this, look, um, there's an old saying that says, with great power comes great responsibility. You, you got, I don't know how many Twitter followers LeBron has, but my God, I think the man has, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has 50 to 100 million. Let me see. Let me see how many, um, let me see how many Twitter followers LeBron has. Hit the thumbs up button if you haven't done it yet, please. Um, 
Yeah, his Twitter, LeBron has 49.6 million followers on Twitter and probably another 50 million on Instagram. So LeBron has a tremendous amount of power. And one, there's an old saying that says, with great power also comes great responsibility. And some would argue, and I think that this is a valid argument, that that tweet was not done in a responsible way. Uh, because you, you you got the fate of the black community in your hands. You've got people's lives in your hands. And at the very least, at the very least, I don't think it's out of the question to say, before you speak, take your time to get the information. Before you get the masses riled up and pumped up saying, King James said, go get them. Right. Take the time to find out like what really went down. Let me watch this video. Let me process this. Let me talk to some people. And the other thing, too, is here's the deal. I think LeBron will get this language. LeBron is a um, is an athlete and athletes have coaches. And uh, and I would ask LeBron when he jumps into activism, when he's you know talking about you know, whether it's Black Lives Matter or anything else. I ask you this. Who is your coach? Who is your coach? You know, are you are you just shooting from the hip and just saying things that come to mind? Uh, assuming that you you should be an expert on all political and socioeconomic issues because you are a great basketball player, or are you taking the time to do, to do the research? Let me give you an example. Um, you know, uh, one thing I noticed, one of the reasons why I was highly in support of what of Ice Cube's activism, I, w- I was happy that he lent his platform uh, to the causes for the black community. And I, I, I told him this, we talked several times, is I, pay, I noticed how with Cube, one thing he was doing was he was really, really measured and careful about Every little step, he wanted to talk to different people. He wanted to get different points of view, and ultimately, he made his own decision. He's his own man. He, he's he's definitely he, he's shown you that. Like he's he's a leader, but he took the time to take information from all sides and all perspectives before he made certain decisions. So so Cube went out and got his coaches. So the same thing would be true if I wanted to be a basketball player or if I wanted to be a rapper. If I decided I wanted to try to play in the NBA and I don't have a coach. I'm not going to be a very good player. It would be silly for me to say, oh, yeah, yeah, LeBron, I don't want to hear from you, man. I, I know how to play basketball, man. I, I watch basketball all the time. I got to figure it out, right? That'd be silly, right? He would probably say to me, you need a coach. If you're going to come into our, my arena, you need a coach to make sure you're the best player you can be. Well, the same thing is true when you're talking about going into the, the, the arena of, of activism and, and, and social justice and everything else. You need to make sure you have a coach. And you need to make and maybe even hear from different coaches from different points of view that can help you understand the fact that this ain't simple. Like, for example, give me a let's let's do this. Let me do a quick little I'm gonna, in case one of LeBron's crew is, is watching this video. A lot of people watch these videos and and I'm trying to be I want to be respectful because I and I'd be happy to sit down and give my perspective to any of those guys that they ever want to call me. But let me ask you this. How many of you give me a yes or no? How many of you approve based on what you know? How many of you approve of Black Lives Matter as an organization? How many of you? Uh, give me a yes if you like Black Lives Matter. Give me a no if you don't. Give me a yes if you if you think Black Lives Matter is great. Give me a no if you think Black Lives Matter is not so great, right? Yes or no. Or you could even say unsure if you want to. That's totally fine, right? Yes or no. All right. So, so I'm looking at the comments, and I can tell you what's going to happen. So you go, the first comment is no. Ron Farmer says no. Uh, do we, we're not taking Ron's black card because he's not down with Black Lives Matter. Sonia Samuel says no. Power of the cloud, no. Chan says yes. Your, your black card is not revoked just because you said yes, right? And, and the reason I use that as an example is because even something as simple as that proves a, a, a very clear point. The black community is not uh, homogeneous. We are not the same. 
We are diverse. We are as diverse as white people. We are as, as diverse as the Asian community. The Asian community will say, wait a minute, why do you think all of us are Chinese? Like, no, we're some of us are Chinese. Some of us are Vietnamese. Some of us are from East India. Like, we're all Asian, but we're very different. Latino people, very diverse. A person from Colombia is different from somebody from Mexico who's different from somebody from Cuba, right? So they have that commonality that they're Latino, but their views are all over the place. Jewish people, all over the place. Right. So so why can't if all these other communities can be diverse, why can't black people be diverse, too? And and when you respect that diversity, that means that when you're talking about what it means to be an activist, what it means to be pro black, you have to take the time to understand all the different ways that people are pro black. Most of the black folks that are in my space don't even rock with Black Lives Matter. They're like, wait a minute, it's being run by a, a, you know some trained Marxists who talk more about transgender and LGBT issues. And they actually talk about about black people don't seem to have any respect for black men other than when they get murdered by a cop, then they'll talk all day about it. But when you talk about bringing a black man into the family to protect the black man from even interacting with the cops, they don't want to hear that. Like, we don't need men for protection, but we're going to sit here and use a man's death to raise $100 million so we can go buy million, multi-million dollar houses and go to the Grammys, right? Like seriously, like, it's, it's, it'd be like, uh, like Jonathan says that Black Lives Matter is a joke. I'm not, I don't rock with Black Lives Matter. You guys will never see me wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt. But, you know, LeBron James wears Black Lives Matter shirts. And I will be willing to bet you that for a lot of these guys in the NBA that wear these Black Lives Matter shirts, the reason they're doing it, and in fact, I talked to a guy who's an insider on all this, and I said, why are they running around just, just supporting Black Lives Matter without considering the reason that a lot of Black folks don't rock with Black Lives Matter? And he said, oh, man, they're just doing what they were told to do. That their bosses, you know, that run the NBA, told them that to wear Black Lives Matter shirts, or or they didn't, they weren't fully informed. They're, I mean, think about it. You're busy playing basketball. How do you have time to really know all these little subtle things that we know in our space? Just like I, I watch basketball, but I don't know the subtleties of how to run an offense and how to play defense in basketball. And, you know, if you're playing for the Lakers, right? So, so it's a different arena. So sometimes they come into the arena and they say they see Black Lives Matter. Oh, I agree with that. So I'm gonna wear a Black Lives Matter shirt when you don't understand all that comes with that, right? It's like if, if I meet a friend who's a Crip and I think, oh well, he's a Crip, so I want to be a Crip too. And I don't know nothing about gang culture. I don't know nothing about LA. I don't know the. I don't even know the fact that there's different sections of the Crips that sometimes don't get along with each other. Like I don't understand all of that. All I know is, yeah, I'm a Crip, right? That would be very silly for me to do. If I was smart, I would take the time to research the subtleties of gang culture so that I know all the Crips ain't the same, all the Bloods ain't the same. Sometimes Bloods are friends with Crips. Sometimes they hate each other's guts. It's a very complex scenario that you can't just walk into thinking that because you are famous or whatever that you can just jump right in and fit right in. So a lot of times when it comes to Black activism, celebrities kind of come in um, assuming they know things they may not know or assuming that they're ready for things they're not ready for. Like Nick Cannon is a great example. Nick Cannon came in speaking a whole lot of really heavy language and interviewed Professor Griff and got to talking about Jewish people. And the next thing you know, Nick Cannon is apologizing over and over and over again as if somebody literally buck broke the shit out of him and forced him to just do it repeatedly until they like, boy, you ain't apologize. You apologize eight times, eight times ain't enough. You better keep apologizing or we're going to take that wild and out money. Uh, I guess he apologized enough because he got his show back, but it was a real loss for the community when that occurred. So I think with LeBron, um, I, I, I'm going to just tell you, I, th I think his tweet was wrong. Um, in fact, I, I, what I'm reading here, it seems like they're even saying that the picture he put up 
of the officer wasn't even the right officer. That part, I don't know for sure. I got to double check that. Um, I think that LeBron should, uh, if, 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 you know, if you're doing this kind of thing, I just ask you, who is your coach and who are your coaches? Who are the people that can really help you understand that there's different layers to blackness in America? There is uh, the mainstream black layer. That's that the Negroes on MSNBC and CNN, the Angela Rise and the, and the what, what are Jackie, not Jackie, whatever her name is. That's that lady that, uh, on MSNBC. I forgot her name. I can't remember. I don't even care enough to even know where her name is. And then you've got the other level. You've got the Vicki Dillards and the Tariq Nasheeds and and the foundational black American conversation. That's a that's a little bit different. Right. You've got black nationalism which maybe talks about building wealth and family and community of the Farrakhan uh, types, uh, Hebrew Israelites uh, sections of the community. And then you've got uh, the leftist community, far left, you know, Marxist and everything else. Right. And, and I think that understanding all that is important when you come in on an issue like this. And I think that LeBron's contribution was, was good, but I think that one of the things that's really happening right now, and I'm just going to tell you what's, the reason why we're all in greater danger now because of, of, of the way this activism has taken place is, number one, nobody really wants to be a cop anymore. So if you ever want to get as many Klansmen and white supremacists on a police force as possible, that's what you're going to get. That's what you're getting right now. So Rochelle Slayton, she says, you sound compromised. Well, fuck you. You sound super compromised because you, you in fact, you don't sound compromised. You sound stupid um, because I, let me just explain to you, Rochelle, why America is going to be worse off because of this. Number one, uh, I know cops. And one thing that they told me was back in the day, back, you know, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, if you had an application or if you had a job opening on the police force, hundreds of people would apply. College graduates would apply. Good people, bad people, everything in between. He said now when they put a job at when they put a job opening listed um, for for a police for the police force. Nobody applies. The only people that apply are crazy people, stupid people and people who can't get a job anywhere else. So now the people that are going to be in your communities with a badge and a gun are going to be the most degenerate, fucked up human beings that you've ever seen in your life. And the reason and the reason that's happened is because we're allowing people to tell kids that you hate you should hate cops no matter what, that all cops are evil, that all cops are bad, all cops want to kill you. And, and that that's just not true. That, that's just not true. They, they don't wake up. I know, I know cops that have common sense are like, man, I don't want to kill anybody because if I do, it's going to they're, they're going to assume that I was just out out hunting people. And and, and, the, and the thing is, is some of the guys are just trying to stay alive. <laughs> like, like my daddy, my dad was a cop and my dad had to shoot a white guy. He shot a white guy. Thank God he didn't shoot a black guy because then people would have said he's a Klansman or something. So some guy tried to stab somebody or stab him or something. And he ended up popping the dude and killing him. And, and I was glad he did it because I got to keep my father. And one of the things that was really interesting was when he killed the white guy, though all the white people in the community sent him thank you cards saying, thank you for getting rid of, of this guy. He was a menace to the community. He was harmful to other people. We, we really appreciate that. Right now. I think that what is interesting to me, and I'd like to see how this plays out. I don't know if this is going to be bad or good, but what if he'd been black? What if it had been a black neighborhood? You know, and what if people were operating without all the facts? What if, what if this guy was the worst? Think about the worst person, you know, think about a, a, a killer, thug, gangster, like don't give a shit. will rape your child in a minute. Like, so, so imagine if that person gets in a situation and they decide they want to go and stab a little girl and the cop shoots them. And then, you know, do you think that the whole community would say, you know, we're so glad that you dealt with this threat? Or do you think that they would say, oh, no, 
the police killed an innocent black man. This is terrible. You cops are just murdering people. This is bad. You know, it, and, and I, I just I'm not I'm not going to stand by that because it's stupid. It's dumb. Like, no, if you are harming black people, I want you gone. And one of the mistakes that you make as black people, some of you, not all of you, the intelligent people don't. And those who are not intelligent, like I said, you should just you should just probably just go, just go. Because there's plenty of people out there that will feed your delusional image of America. It's all white supremacy. It's all adding up to basically controlling your mind to the point where you're triggered by nonsense and you start doing stupid things. That's why you that's why your power has never accumulated, because you're not able, you're not training yourself to think logically on things. But, uh, you know, one of the things that I that I, that I really um I don't want to say worry about, but one of the things I really think we're losing is this idea that that we have enemies, both foreign and domestic. You know, I think that we've forgotten that not everybody that looks like you is your friend. You know, not everybody that is in your community is good for the community. You know, and uh, and I know that with other communities, maybe with Asian communities or Jewish communities or whatever, they seem to understand, look, just because I'm Jewish and you're Jewish don't mean we're going to rock together. You know, just because I'm Mexican and you Mexican don't mean that you want what's good for me, that you're not going to harm me or harm my children. And and I and I think that as black people, I think that common sense people understand that, right? You understand that in your own life. Like many of you, I'm sure, give me a yes or no if you've ever met a black person that scared you or bothered you or upset you or or made you say, okay, I got to stay away from that crazy motherfucker because he's, he's going to get us all killed. Give me a yes or no if you got like a cousin, a friend, or somebody you knew from back in the hood, from back in the day, where you're like, okay, I wouldn't want you around me. I don't want you dating my daughter. I don't want you near my family, right? Give me a yes or no, right? Okay. So, so here's here's the thing. So imagine that person. I want you to take a moment. Let's do a little exercise here. And I want you to imagine that put that person in your head. Give me a yes in the chat if you got that person in your head. I want you to think whether it's your cousin Pookie, whoever it is, right? Think about that person, right? Now imagine if that person gets in a situation where they they go to harm another black person, maybe a woman or that you care about. They let's say they're doing it to your mama. Let's say that he comes to your mama's house and he pulls out a knife. And he's about to kill your mama. He's about to shoot you, shoot your daddy, right? Or or rape one of your children. And let's say that a cop happens to see this and the cop shoots that person, right? In the act, like he's about to, you know, damage your daughter for life. And the cop pop, 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 takes him out. Process this for a moment. I want you to be honest. This is uh, this is really going to require you to be honest with yourself. You, you don't have to, you can play your position or whatever and pretend like, oh, you, you're full of shit. Okay, that's fine. I get that. Um, but imagine if you are sitting there thinking, thank God this guy came in um, because bad things would have happened to my mother if this cop had not intervened. And then imagine if the rest of the world, imagine if LeBron James, all he hears about is that a cop shot a black man. That's all he knows. He doesn't really know a whole lot about why he doesn't know. You know he doesn't give a fuck about your mama. Don't don't know your mama. Don't care nothing about, you know, the community. You know, he maybe doesn't he does care about the community, but doesn't really know the specifics. Right. Because it happened in, you know, Des Moines, Iowa or or Cleveland, Ohio. We're well, not Cleveland. That's where LeBron's from. But Dallas, Texas or something. Right. So he doesn't know that particular neighborhood. But but, he, you know, but so he tweets something like, oh, yeah, here's this cop murdering a black man again. This is terrible. Blah, 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 blah. Right. So. How would you feel? Like, how would you feel? Like, would you feel the need to? I don't know about you, but I know that I would probably feel the need to say, "Hold on, hold on, hold on." I get it, I get it. Thank you, LeBron. I appreciate your participation, but man, you don't understand. 
you don't understand, bro. This guy, this guy was about to do some terrible things. This guy, I've known this guy. This guy has done horrible things to people, right? You know, you would probably want him to get more information before he spoke. And that's what I'm getting at. That's all I'm really getting at, right? And and, and I'm going to tell you like this. This is where I'm going to draw a real clear line right now between um, people that want to be intelligent and those who just don't, uh, you know, is a person who says you should simply get the facts before you start talking is not an enemy. Anybody who wants you to move and act without the facts, without information, is not your motherfucking friend. Anybody who tell, I mean, if, if somebody, if your cousin comes to you and says, "Oh, they jumped me today. They they beat me alive. You need we need to go get, kick their ass and kill them, right?" And you don't know the facts. Like you, all you know is that your cousin told you to go out and fight somebody, and you don't know what was going on. Your cousin could have started the fight, right? But you don't know, like, and y'all know what I'm talking about. You've had it happen where somebody gets you involved in some bullshit and, and got you all pumped up, ready to fight. And you wouldn't even learn the information. Then you get there and they're like, no, 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 man. Let me tell you what really happened. And then you look at your cousin crazy like, wait a minute, you was about to pull me into some stuff without even telling me what was going on, right? Well, well, that's partly on you as well because you didn't take the time to get the facts. So what I'm saying to you is there is nothing wrong with somebody saying that in order to protect the credibility of the movement, we must get the facts before we speak. What the fuck is wrong with making that point? Why in the hell are there so many people who get mad when you simply say, get the facts? <laughs> like That right there, I'm sorry. There's these moments every now and then I have these weird moments where I'm like, man, okay, God, I think I was born on the wrong planet. I really do. I was born on the wrong planet or the wrong era because I can't. This is too much. This is too much. People ask me to go along with bullshit that don't make no damn sense. They ask me to jump on bandwagons without even knowing where the bandwagon's going. And and I guess that's just the age of the internet, right? People just kind of get riled up over stuff. And they just, they, they are so committed to their side of things that they've lost complete total commitment to any aspect of truth or any sort of understanding or concern for the long-term implications of riding along with somebody else's bullshit. Right. Like I'm telling you, it, it doesn't end well, because what ultimately will occur is that if you keep on reacting and assuming that every single black person who gets shot by a cop is is it was completely innocent and that the cop was completely evil, then what's going to happen is you, your credibility will disappear. Like you're not going to have credibility. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know what you're going to think. You're going to think like if, if somebody can predict what your opinion is going to be before you give your opinion. That means that you're not really a critical thinking person because you're not even giving them any guesswork. They don't even have to wonder what you're going to say because your answer is going to be the same regardless. It's going to be yes, 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 whatever. Right. And and I'm not a fan of that. I really encourage you. And I think some of y'all get this. I think some of you understand this because I see some of you. I see your reactions. I have my pulse on the community in terms of seeing how people react to different situations. And one of the good things I've observed is that there is an aspect of the black community where they are, uh, where they deal with every situation on a case by case basis. They don't have one blanket understanding of, you know, of everything like, okay, you know, black man gets shot or black woman gets shot. It must've been the cop. It must've been bad. It must've been this must've been that. One thing I've learned is that every situation is different. And there are people that understand that. And I, and, and, and I'm telling you the people that are in that category, you should be very proud of yourself. 
I, I think that um, that's also another reason why I'm, I highly recommend not really listening to too much mainstream media, because I think that the act of triggering black people is a multi-billion dollar business. It's literally become a ratings juggernaut for MSNBC and CNN and the other networks. Um, they don't they don't want to talk about your reparations. They fuck that. They ain't gonna they gonna give you they gonna give you shit for a long time. And when they give you some, when they give you some shit, it's really gonna be shit. Like they not it's not gonna be the shit. It's gonna just be shit, right? The shit is good. Shit is bad. They're gonna give you shit, not the shit, right? Um, uh, and and also they they won't talk about you know for example uh, the fact that Joe Biden put a hundred thousand black people in prison and many of them are still in prison right now getting beaten and raped while you sitting around focus on one police shooting. They're all thousands of them are suffering right now because you're distracted, right? Um, there are people that uh, that use these things to avoid having the real conversations about race. That's why when Biden was running for office, he would talk to Cardi B, but wouldn't talk to it. But he got mad when he had to go talk to Charlemagne the God because Charlemagne the God had good coaches. Charlemagne the God is a guy who's smart enough. Again, he's diverse, right? Sometimes Charlemagne says things that you could probably consider to be ignorant, and I'm not going to disagree with that. He's my friend, but I, I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say he hasn't been ignorant before. I'm sure he has been, because uh, you got to be ignorant to be in the hip hop space. Because a lot of ignorant shit going on. But one thing about him is he's smart enough to have good coaches. So before Charlemagne spoke to Joe Biden, he went to the community to find out what black people really need and what black people want. I was one of the many people he spoke to, and I saw implications of that coming out when he started asking Biden questions that really matter for the future of the black community. And you saw what happened. Biden got very frustrated. He got very upset. Or same thing is true with uh, when you think about Kamala Harris. And this is not disrespecting those people. It's okay if you voted for them. I don't care. Because um, I don't really think who you vote for is going to make a difference for your life in, in, in the black community. But when Kamala and Joe ran for office, I remember Kamala, it was interesting because Kamala loved talking about rappers when they were yes men. She loved to talk about, you know, how she smoked weed in college while listening to Biggie and Pop. What she was saying there was she was trying to be relevant and, and relatable, which was, didn't work because everybody knows Biggie and Pop weren't even out when she was in college. She was also trying to um, basically subtly say that she's uh, committed to the legalization of marijuana, which means that those of you who are invested in cannabis stocks may want to go ahead and plant your money in there now, because w- once Joe Biden is is removed from office, which he will be at some point. He's not, he's too old. He's not going to do two terms. He probably won't even do one. Kamala is going to be the president. When Kamala becomes president, I think legalization is an an inevitability. Uh, But, but the interesting thing was that when she talked about rappers and these were yes men rappers, you know, but it's like the Jay-Z types and people that would just go along with the political agenda. It's all good. Like, yeah, we love rap because we love Cardi B. We love Jay-Z. But then when you got to the rappers who were asking critical questions, um, you know, mainly Ice Cube, then suddenly it is well they need to stay in their lane. You know, they need to basically saying they need to shut up and dribble. And I'm glad and shout out Ice Cube because he didn't choose to shut up and dribble. He said, no, I don't I don't care what you say about me. I'm going to continue to move forward because I, I want my people to do better. And so that's kind of what it is. You know, they they want to hear even with, with LeBron. I mean, there are people that want to hear from him when you're saying what they want you to say. Right. But they don't want to hear from you when you're challenging uh, their, their viewpoints. And that's just kind of the country we live in. And I personally think anybody who really wants to grow and really wants to be smarter is do the opposite. Do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. It's just like investing. You guys, you, you, you know, my PhD is in finance. And I talk about wealth all the time. Um, 
one of the biggest rules of wealth actually is to do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. You Warren Buffett used to say, he said, be greedy when others are fearful, fearful when others are greedy. Well, I say the same thing is true now. Now the world is kind of becoming ignorant. They're kind of you know sheepishly going along with bandwagons, going along with trends and fads. Uh, again, the white man's a puppet master, so he's putting out. He decides whatever you know. If he decides to start talking about Asian hate, suddenly you got black folks literally getting online preaching about Asian hate, which I never do that to be an issue. I really didn't. I, that came out of fucking nowhere, and it made no goddamn sense. But then I thought about it. I said, Oh, I get it. Hmm, I wonder if this is in some sort of covert operation by China to manage and manipulate American media because people don't know this quiet is kept. And you saw this a little bit when Biden gave his speech, he talked about China and competing with China. Well, there's a deeper layer to that. China, just like the United States does to China, they infiltrate the, the country, right? So I wouldn't be surprised if that whole campaign about like, hey, don't say anything bad about Asian people is driven by the fact that China is seeking to deliberately and directly undermine the United States. It's, it's the same way that like in the Jewish community, when they want to oppress people, they start calling it everything anti-Semitism. Any, any critique of Israel is defined as anti-Semitism. Well, that's designed to protect their ability to get away with their bullshit. Like if you put yourself in the victim category, the Me Too movement, they're, they're experts at this. If you predefine yourself to be in the victim category, then that means that you then have immunity to go and do whatever harm you want to other people. And anytime anybody calls you on your bullshit, then you can say, oh, there you go victimizing me again. Oh, I'm a woman. Believe all women, right? Whoever heard some dumb shit like that, believe all women. That's like the craziest thing ever. Like, really? I'm supposed to believe you because you got a vagina? Has anybody ever seen how many lying vaginas there are in this world? Like, like women can lie just like men can. You know, you tell me men and women are equal. Why can't you believe a woman can lie just like a man? So so the same thing happens in all the political arenas. When you're talking about the Black Lives Matter and the race conversation, it becomes very one-sided, very biased, and very ridiculous. And the other way it harms you as black people, and this is why I, I don't even watch mainstream media anymore, is that it consistently keeps you in that victim category. So the one benefit is that you can do whatever bullshit you want. And nobody's really going to you know, check you on it, right? Which, whatever, that, that unfortunately, that lets some criminals run rampant. They can go shoot little girls in the hood or whatever, and nobody's going to really challenge it because everybody believes that we're always the victim. But then the other part of being the victim all the time is that you don't have any ability to empower yourself. You know, anytime... Uh, you get an opportunity or to, to, to move forward or you're thinking about moving forward, you don't do it because you're looking for approval first. You're looking for them to tell you that it's OK. And if they say it's OK, then you move, then you can go. You know, it's like um like I watched a show called The Mandalorian and there's this little baby. They call him Baby Yoda. And he's a little baby and he goes around with the main character the whole time. And every time the baby wants to do something, he'll just kind of look at him like, is it OK? Right. That's kind of what we do with white folks. We look at them like our parents. And we wait for them to give us the okay to be. Can I be outraged, Massa? Okay, okay, all right. I'm, a, I'm, I'm mad. I'm really mad about. Oh, I can't be mad about that, but I can be mad about this. Okay, I'm mad about this. And, and to me, the, the more empowered black folks. This is more in that black nationalist category. This is what why it vibes with me so well is that they don't really look for white people's permission to do anything. They just don't. They, they just, uh, you know, in, in that category, it's like, no, I'm not going to ask your permission for me to decide that we want to run campaigns promoting black fatherhood. Um, I'm not going to ask your permission uh, when we decide that we're going to start educating our own kids. Um, I'm not going to look for your permission when we decide that all black men want to be wealth builders and investors. I'm not going to look for your permission when we decide that we're going to really love our black women and elevate our, our families and everything else. Right. And, and that to me, 
is the best solution that we have because all other solutions tend to unfortunately point back to white supremacy. You know, and I think with LeBron, what really makes me kind of sad is, and I'm, I'm going to finish up on this. I know I've talked in a lot of different directions. And again, some people are going to just get, get tired of him bored. And, and that's good. You should unsubscribe to the channel because being here is not a right. It's kind of a privilege. So those of you that are here, um, I'm glad you're here. But those that don't want to be here, you, you don't worry. I'm not trying to. Uh, this is not clout chasing. I don't need you to listen to me. I really don't care if you listen or not. Because, in fact, some people won't even get it. Um, but But the thing with LeBron that's interesting to me is when I saw all the NBA players wearing those Black Lives Matter shirts, I was like, damn, I wish I wish I could talk to them and help them understand what they're they're promoting. Many of them, unfortunately, are blindly promoting something that has been embraced by corporate America. Um, That hundred million or more that Black Lives Matter has received. Most of that money never got to the black community. Uh, Those hoods you come from, uh, those are not communities that uh, the Black Lives Matter folks are really trying to really help and develop. It doesn't mean every member of the Black Lives Matter organization is bad. Many people jumped in without knowing sort of what's really driving all this. Like, what's the leadership doing? What's Patrice Cullors and our homies doing in the Black Lives Matter Global Network? And uh, and and I, I thought about the fact that, unfortunately, despite the fact that these NBA guys, and no disrespect to LeBron because I, I like the guy a lot, despite the fact that they make a lot of money and they have a lot of fame and a lot of power, they don't have a lot of self-determination. And uh, in my very probably old fashioned view of masculinity is that a big sign of masculinity and manhood is the ability to exert power and power. If you read books like Poweronomics, power is defined and I don't have the book around me, but it's defined as the ability to pursue your agenda despite the opposition of others. And that means that you also have that ability to manifest. So a man, a man who is a true leader can manifest his vision and without worrying about what the opposition thinks, right? Just like, um, and I'll give you that. And they know that they understand this in sports. They just don't understand this in life. So in sports, if the Lakers are playing against the Denver Nuggets, um, the Nuggets are going to basically tell you, if you ask the Nuggets, well, who's the superior team? Well, the Nuggets are going to be like, oh, well, of course we are, right? Well, the Lakers aren't going to pay attention. They're going to say, well, we visualize ourselves to be the, the superior team. And then we play it out. And then we manifest our vision because we dominate you. We we pursue our agenda to win despite your opposition. So you can play defense on every shot. You can run a full court uh, you know, defense. You can, you can run the triangle offense. You can do whatever you want to do. But we're going to manifest our vision because we are the superior team. So I think that for black people, I'm still looking for that ability to truly manifest. Um, I'm, you know, it really bothered me when an insider, you know, a very famous person that you probably know about said to me that the reason that NBA players all wear the Black Lives Matter shirts is because somebody told them to do it. I said, wait a minute. These guys make, you know, they have hundred million dollar contracts and they're still acting like fucking employees. Like you don't work at UPS, God damn it. Like you're not a, you're not, you're not a, a McDonald's night manager. You're not the, you know, you're not the, the general manager of Taco Bell. Like you are world famous. Like you can do whatever the hell you want. You should be creating your own movement. You should be telling management what you're going to do and not letting management tell you what you're, what you're going to do. That doesn't even make any sense. And you're supposed to be men. So find your coaches. That, that means like, so if I'm an NBA player, and I really want to help the black community. First thing I must do to help the black community is I have to humble myself enough to not assume that I know what the black community needs. 
That's the worst thing in the world that celebrities do. Black celebrities who've been propped up by white people, NBA players included. If it wasn't for white people having their little league or whatever, you would you you you'd just be another six foot eight black man, probably getting beat by the cops or you know, whatever. Like you just be living a regular life, right? You just be the biggest motherfucker working at the goddamn Wendy's or whatever, right? But but you wouldn't be, uh, or you'd be the largest accountant that anybody's ever seen. But you know, so so you've been elevated by this this system, this 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 um industry, this corporation called the NBA or the NFL, and, and it's made you into this famous person. And same thing is true with Hollywood. Hollywood, you know, their establishment has chosen to put you out on media. So now you're a movie star. And because you've been given this false validation by the oppressive, um, by, by the oppressive side of society, you feel that you have an a de facto license to come and tell black people what we need. Like you feel that you, because you have a hundred million Twitter followers that you know the answers. And and a lot of times he's got, you, you don't, you don't. Right. So, so the first step to really helping somebody is uh, you got to ask two things. This is true just for you. And, and this is not just true on a big scale. This is true on a personal scale. If you're trying to help your kids or trying to help out that weak ass cousin, you got or whatever two things I believe you have to have. One is you got to make sure they really want your help. Sometimes they don't even want your help. Uh, and then two, you have to find out what they need, right? So like if I talk to my daughter and I'm like, and I go in or my woman and I'm, I'm assuming that I'm going to give her what she wants and I don't ask her, well, what kind of asshole am I, right? Like, baby, I got you a new vacuum cleaner because I could tell you needed one. She's going to be like, no, I needed a foot massage or I needed, you know, I needed a day off from the kids or whatever, right? So I think with the black community, I would like to see the celebrities that care about black people taking the time to find out what black people actually want. What are some things black people want? Hmm. When I talk to black folks, you know what I hear a lot? I hear that they want things like capital to get their business going. You know, like, can I get a fucking loan up in this bitch? Like, like, sure. Okay. Thank you for speaking out on police brutality and all that. That's cool. But so after you're done with that, can you create like a billion dollar fund where black folks can get you know, zero, you know, zero percent interest loans or, or low interest loans, you know, with no strings attached so we can go and quit our jobs and stop working for white people every day. I think that would be massive. That would be massive. Right. Um, You know, or what else? Maybe what else do they want? I don't know. Like if you're Jay-Z and you come from the Marcy Projects, I would like to be able to go to the Marcy Projects and be able to meet 5,000, 10,000 people who have jobs and opportunities because of something that Jay-Z created. Like, I would love to see, like, where the community literally, like Elon Musk, for example, has probably, I don't know how many hundreds, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of jobs he created with Tesla. Amazon, Jeff Bezos, they create probably a million jobs for, you know, for, for their people, right? For the people that come and work at Amazon, right? Uh, well, well where, where are our captains of industry among celebrities that can say, um, I am world famous and I created 50,000 jobs in the black community? I don't know if there's anybody that I can think of out there like that. I, I just can't think of anybody. It doesn't mean that they, they're not out there. It doesn't mean they don't help out their homies or maybe they get their families living good. Um, I went to visit the uh, the Jordan brand uh, out in L.A. Not L.A., I'm sorry, Oregon, the Nike campus. And I was really impressed with the number of black people Michael Jordan has helped, actually, believe it or not. And, and not only did he help good black people, but he helped good black people who helped other good black people. And uh, in fact, the reason the, the fact that I was even in that office speaks to the mindset of the black men that work with Michael Jordan. Right. Think about this. Why the fuck would you want a guy like me in your office? And you you got you got a good white folks. You, you got this nice building. Like, you don't want to mess that up by bringing in somebody like me. But the fact that they wanted me there 
said a lot about what their mindset and their ideology was to the point where maybe they didn't agree with everything I say, but they can appreciate this 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 push for for innovative thinking when it comes to solving our problems. Because because the thing about it is that if you're not careful, what's going to also happen is you get caught in this loop. You get caught in this loop. Right now, you have a horrible loop of ambulance chasing civil rights superstars who are simply waiting with bated breath by the phone, waiting for CNN to call them to get commentary about the latest police shooting. Like they're literally waiting for another black person to die so they can go get another check. Um, So Ben Crump can settle another lawsuit. So maybe Tamika Mallory can get invited back to the Grammys or uh, Black Lives Matter can get another set of corporate donations. And, and they will market that shit like they will market they, like they will market the names of you know uh, of George Floyd and Tamir Rice and it, all the way down the list. Breonna Taylor. They market these names the same way Disney markets Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck and Cinderella. Right. They will market this and and, and it will and it, it has value to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. And then all this money gets collected. And the cycle continues like nothing really substantial really changes. Uh, in fact, Joe Biden doesn't even listen to Black Lives Matter. They've been complaining now that, that Biden won't even uh, meet with them. But it's really remember back during the election, though, they were complaining about people like me and Ice Cube who were saying black people need to actually hold out that while you have leverage, you need to use your leverage to get something out of these people because they're not going to do anything for you after the election. Give me a yes or no if you know what I'm talking about. So the election happens. And what have they done? They've done they've done nothing but shit on you. Like they've done nothing but ignore you because they're like, you're so stupid that you're going to give it up. Like you've given up the pussy before I even take you out on a date. Now you now you really think I'm going to take you to Red Lobster and give you the cheddar biscuits. No, you were stupid enough to fall for my bullshit. So you deserve whatever you get. That's pretty much what they did. They did a hit it and quit it on the black community and they played you like a sucker. So so those of you who didn't let yourself get played like a sucker, congratulations to you, because that means that you're smart. That means that you're you're the future of the community. So so I think that with this whole thing with LeBron, uh, let's circle back with LeBron and then I'll close out on this. I know I said a lot. I know I talked a lot. I, I talk a lot. That's just what I do. You know, those of you who rock with me, you get it. Those who don't like you should go somewhere else. It's OK. I, I, I forgive you for that. Um. <sighs> I personally think that in order for us to really solve these serious problems, we have to think different. I I really do. And I think you got to question everything. You have good reason to be really paranoid if you're black. That means that, you know, like every movement that seems like it's grassroots, if it comes along and it's super well-funded and super well-organized, that shit ain't grassroots. Somebody put that together and said, let's create something and make it appear to be grassroots. Also, I am of the opinion that the ones who are most legitimate in terms of achieving real progress for black people, at least in terms of independence and economic power, which economics is a big deal because everybody thinks about money every day. Most of your decisions, most of your bad decisions are made because of money. Nick Cannon was on his knees apologizing because of money. Uh, whereas if he's had an independent infrastructure of black people to support him financially, he wouldn't have had to do that, make that whole bitch move. People will run around apologizing for being friends with Louis Farrakhan because of money. It's money, 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 money's everywhere. So to me, the people that really want you to um, be free and want to really solve this problem are the people that will help us solve the black wealth problem. And I think athletes are uniquely positioned to do this because they've all got these hundred million dollar contracts and these $50 million sneaker deals. And, and more, more importantly though, they've got access, right? They've got access to a lot of so-called white friends and allies who, despite the fact that they consistently will get in their ear and misinform them about, about blackness, um, they, they, they will, they will bend and fold to what you want if you force their hand. 
but you got to be structured and organized with it. You know, you have to, um, it's like when I was telling, um, our son, our son is, uh, he's 17 years old. He's not my biological son. He's six foot six. And I told him, I said, look, you know, as a man, when you're tall and you're smart, like you are, you automatically command the room. Like you're automatic, you're, you're a natural born leader, like short guys like me. I gotta, I gotta pull some other rabbits out of my hat to command the room. Right. I have to, um, you know, maybe me being extra smart or, or powerful or rich or whatever I'm supposed to be. Those things may make up for the fact that I'm short, but if I could have my way, I'd be six foot six like you. I said, so here's the deal. When you're, when you're that tall and you're really smart, you command leadership in the room until you relinquish that leadership. Like you're the tallest, biggest man in the room until you shrink yourself down and make yourself small. You know, so when you hand that over, then other people will take over. And and the same thing. And so when I see these athletes, I see guys, unfortunately, many of whom, not all of them, but some of them relinquish their leadership. Like, why are you um, sitting on a hundred million dollar contract and world famous with a hundred million followers on Twitter and Instagram, but you still act like you got a boss and an employee? How is it that all of you have a combined collective net worth of, of several billion dollars, but for some reason you're still scared to like start your own sports league? Uh, I, I don't understand that, you know, and, and I really think that that is due to a lack of confidence and a lack of masculinity and a lack of willingness as men to manifest the things that you actually want to see. Um, it, I think it's one of those things where it's the paradox of the black man where we can be as dominant as we want to be in sports. We can dominate when it comes to like rapping and the bravado of being a rapper in entertainment. We also dominate maybe when it comes to sex, right? Like uh, I knew an older black man who said, yeah, back in the day, uh, the only power a black man had was his dick. That's literally how he said it. And, uh, and I, and, and so, so that, so, so you, that's why you see guys that have, you know, you know, 12 kids with nine babies, mamas, and they brag about how many women they got, you know, I'm pimping these hoes and all this other silly talk that we got from when hip hop culture went toxic. But what I would like to see at some point is, a greater ability to manifest ourselves in all the areas of manhood, you know, like uh, to be, you know, intelligent and proud, uh, strategic and proud, to be organized and proud, and uh, to really move forward with our vision, uh, despite the opposition of others. You know, um, like the Nation of Islam, those are the best men that I know. Like in terms of the quality men, the Nation of Islam is a protocol for or, or a blueprint. For uh for greatness like that that's just black excellence. They're, I mean, of course they're not perfect. I mean, nobody's perfect. But you know, when you talk about you know manhood and that manifestability, like first of all, you know, most Nation of Islam men I know, the leaders for sure are very brave people, like Nuri Muhammad and Dr. Wesley Muhammad. Like these are very strong, brave men. Uh, but 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 their masculinity is a type where they you know where they have such a respect and a desire to protect women and to protect the community and to protect children and also a desire to build you know um a, a desire to coordinate and work together they'd rather work with you than fight with you but they're willing to fight with you but they don't have to fight with you to prove that they're able to fight with you right and uh, and and it's it's kind of just one of these things where i really think we should study that in terms of really kind of knowing what it's really going to take for us to become great like we're not going to be great like we talk about making black people great again we will not be great until our men become great too. We will not be great until our men kind of learn how to look at the world in a different light. Uh, right now, you have a world that pushes you to look at the world, look, look at things in a very extreme way. Like, for example, you know, it's one thing to if a man likes women, but it's another thing if a man becomes toxic, where he's having sex with 100 women a week and passing STDs and creating babies everywhere and creating a mess. Like, that's where your natural desire for women has caused you to get into a space where 
because you're not encouraged on any level to have any form of sexual discipline, you created a very sloppy situation for yourself that's going to ruin you and it's going to ruin your children, right? So your seed, your, your, the people you love, everybody you love is going to be ruined. And and the, the, the reason as a community we have to take responsibility for that is that we don't challenge that enough. We don't speak on that. We still celebrate men who have toxic, messy lives, you know, been hooked on drugs, going out, maybe killing people's, you know, you know, doing terrible things to, to women and children, abandoning their kids, gave away all their money. Right. And then we'll still be like, well, if you speak on that, then, you know, you're, you're not cool anymore. Or or we're going to talk bad about you now, because how dare you talk great about the, or bad about this person that we love so much that we think is our hero. Well, some people, even your sometimes even your heroes have to be critiqued a little bit. And I think that what, to me, our community will be better when we gain the ability to love and critique our heroes at the same time. That's what that's what I'll end with on that. The question I ask you is this. Can you love your heroes and critique them at the same time? You know, um, my two greatest heroes actually are Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X. But and, and, and so if you were to hear me talk about Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X and then also my father, if I were to talk about these these three men, that I admire so much, my three favorite men in the history in the history of this world. If I were to talk about them on in, in a good light, you would think that they were amazing. You would think I love the shit out of them, and, and there, there's nobody could tell me any different. But if I were to point out the criticisms, you would think, "Whoa, you must hate those guys." You what? You you must think that they're stupid. No, it's not that they're stupid. It's that I think that one thing that do, makes a community stronger is when the next generation does better than the previous generation. And so, uh, and maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe, maybe I'm just a weirdo. I probably am. But with like, I look at Malcolm X and I, I, I see areas where I'm like, hmm, I think he, he should have done that a little bit different, right? Well, I look at Muhammad Ali and you, and you see maybe his financial problems or his issues with women. Um, I kind of feel like, hmm, I think that there's some areas I, I wouldn't do it the same way, right? And I, I don't think in a, as a community, we have that ability to do that, which is why, just the, the mere mention of LeBron James's name in the title and me saying anything less than, a, than, than that, which is 100% complimentary and flattery and kissing ass is going to automatically trigger people and say, oh, you're just being a hater. Well, you know, um, that's fine. Uh, people can say you're a hater, but I say, well, okay, then maybe you're a hater right now because you're hating on me, right? So whatever, fuck it. We all a bunch of haters up in this bitch. So now let's get, let's get past the bullshit. Let's get back past the teenager talk and start having some grown folks talk about critical analysis is going to actually help us solve real problems. So um, long story short, uh, I love LeBron to death. I think he's one of the greatest athletes of all time. And he's also transcended sports by being such a great activist. But if LeBron is watching this video, I will tell you uh, before you speak, I hope that you will take that time to do your homework. Just, you know, get some facts, man. Don't be out here just saying things just because it's trendy, just because it's cool. Because being trendy and cool will fuck up your, all your shit. Next thing you know, you be getting sued for $100 million. You lose all your money or whatever. Your credibility shot. You can't you, you can't get certain people to listen to you anymore because you're going overboard with everything. That's not the way to do things, right? You got to learn how to be strategic. And he knows this because that's why he's the greatest basketball player in the world. That's why he's won so many NBA championships is because he understands strategy. So I think he even gets this. All right. So thank you for listening to me. I know I was long-winded, but you know what? Um, 
fuck it. That I ain't going to change. I'm going to be the same guy. And uh, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button, share button, subscribe button. There's my Instagram, The Real Boys Watkins. Feel free to follow me there. I also have a Clubhouse account. So if you ever want to come and hang out with us in Clubhouse, there, there's my Clubhouse. Just look me up there. And uh, I'm out of here, guys. So have a good day. Thank you for listening. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out, and I'll talk to you soon. Be good. Peace. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is blissful, we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Here we are.